0: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot It's
1: only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I've debated sharing this for, well, a long time, but never got around to it. Mainly because I try to keep this memory out of my brain. This might be a long one, but it's a creepy thing that happened to me about four years ago. So, for starters, I grew up in southwest Saskatchewan and moved onto my aunt's farm in 2019 to live in the other house that is on their property. The house is fairly old, but... To be honest, I loved it. It wasn't long, though, after I moved in that I started to feel, I guess, uneasy in the house, alone. I would close every window when it got dark, as it felt like something was watching me through them every night. Eventually, I decided to get a puppy to keep myself company when my boyfriend at the time was at work or away from the house. It helped to have the company, but... I always dreaded having to take her outside when it was dark. For a bit of scene setting, our house sat on the left side of the gravel road. At the back of the house, there was about 10 meters of backyard, and then there was the cow pasture and the cow barn. We didn't own cows, but in the summer, another farmer would rent out our pasture space, and so we would have them on the property. It wasn't uncommon at night to hear coyotes around the farm either, And there were tons of them as well. Every so often when I'd go out with my puppy, we'd hear them all around us, too close for comfort as well. We had a farm dog too who would keep the coyotes away for the most part as she was huge. But every so often she would wander elsewhere on the property to scout and the coyotes would get a little too close. They always tried to lure my puppy out to them as well but luckily I kept her leashed. Now, one thing you should know about my pup is that it takes her forever to find a spot to go potty. This is still a problem today, four years later even, but back then it was the bane of my existence. She would pace for at least five minutes and that was only after finding a suitable spot. Sometimes we would be out there for like near half an hour just so she would go and not go in the house. Another problem of hers, huskies, am I right? Anyway, on this particular night, it was raining pretty heavily. I was not happy to be out there and she had decided that she wasn't going to go until she found her perfect spot. We had already been out there for 15 minutes and at this point, she was also getting frustrated with the rain and wanted to go inside. But I wanted her to go before we went in since we'd already been out there for so long. So, as any annoyed puppy mother would do... I started getting a little bit frustrated and would repeat, go, go potty, every time that she'd get distracted from her objective. It was dark. I was cold and annoyed and, to make matters worse, the cows behind us were fussing fairly loudly too. This was out of the ordinary for them. They were usually quiet and sleeping at this time of night. I was also hearing what sounded like a strange bird whistling, but... Shook it off as probably being an owl up in a tree somewhere. I tried to keep it out of my mind as I kept shouting and pleading, go. I was facing away from the pasture and suddenly though, in my left ear I heard it, go. Now, one thing you should know about me is that I have a very strong flight response typically, but this this froze me on the spot as I was mostly confused at what the heck I'd just heard. I tried telling myself I didn't hear it. I tried telling myself that it was just a moo from a cow that I had heard wrong. But again, as if spoken directly behind me, I heard it again. Go, go. It sounded unnatural. It was as if it came from someone who had never spoken a word before. A raspy, deep, monotone go. It almost sounded like it was coming out of an old radio. But, of course, there were no radios out there. Every time that it said it, it sounded the exact same as the first time it was said, and whatever it was had started repeating it as if it had been taught its new favorite word. At this point, I spun around to the pasture to find... nothing there. But then, again from behind me, in the opposite direction now, go. This had all happened in the span of about three seconds... And at this point, I remember shouting out loud, ''All right, you don't have to tell me twice.'' As I picked up my little furball and made a dash for my front door. I swiftly locked both doors behind me and sat bewildered in my kitchen. Puppy went back to puppying immediately. Obviously unbothered by it all and happy mum wasn't making her stay out in the rain any longer. I picked up my phone and called my aunt... Asking her if my uncle had been out in the field with the cows, she said no and I explained to her what had just happened to me. She sent my uncle over to the pasture to check it out, but soon after told me that he hadn't seen or heard anything. He said that he'd checked the pasture again in the morning, but again, there was nothing. I spent my night hiding from the windows with the lights and the TV on loud enough to not hear anything outside. The next morning when my uncle checked on the pasture, he didn't see anything out there, but what he did find was two calves that were dead. That explains the colossal cow panic that had ensued the night before. I regret this, but I didn't push for any more information as I honestly just didn't want to know, but... They told me other than that that they didn't find anything out of the ordinary. A few months after that and I started going to therapy for the paranoia that this had caused me. I started feeling like people were watching me out to get me. Another few months after that I moved out of the province for good and finally felt safe. I'm wondering though if any of you here have any idea of what the heck this could have been. There's no chance that there would have been someone out in our field as we were fairly far away from town and neighbors and we have cameras that would have seen anyone enter our property. Coyotes are common, like I said, but I don't think they have a capability of mimicking words. So, do you have any ideas? Since moving, I've had some weird related things happen as well, but I'll save that for another time if you guys want to hear it.
0: And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.
1: Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. To give some context, I used to be a 911 dispatcher for a small city. We dispatched all law, fire, EMS for the entire county, and within this county were multiple law agencies. I had been there for about three months or so when I met him. His name was Jake. Jake had recently transferred from a big department in California and landed himself randomly at our department. It didn't make much sense as to why he left California in the first place, but he always insisted that it was just time for him to move out to a smaller, less dangerous department. Him and I quickly became close and would chat almost every day after I got off shift. Within a few months, it became apparent that we liked each other and our flirting progressed into something more serious. Fast forward a few months later and it turns out that he was doing some inappropriate things to photos or videos of me whilst he was actively on duty. This and uh, a few other things that he had kept hidden on duty led to him losing his license and leaving. During the process of his termination, his sergeant had suggested that I get a protective order against him as he had apparently made threatening statements previously towards me Such as, you better be telling the truth, I'll find out on Tuesday if you're lying to me, etc. I had began to fill out the paperwork and was told that I had a temporary protective order on him in the meantime, but don't think that I ever actually did. Anyway, about two weeks later after his termination, he calls me to catch up. The entire call is like an old friend to an old friend. What am I doing for work? Do I have a boyfriend now? But progressively turns more personal when does my shift end what do I drive being 18 and naive I treated him like I always had answering his questions I had contacted his old department afterwards as his sergeant had told me to let him know if I was ever contacted again but they turned me away pretty quickly and didn't want anything to do with it so with that I blocked Jake Roughly a month later I get a call from a new number and it's Jake. Once again he wants to meet up and catch up but this time he so casually goes on to tell me about this new house that he's wanting to buy in my neighborhood knowing that it's my neighborhood. I had never told him where I'd lived in town let alone what specific neighborhood I lived in. During this call he progressively got more aggressive as well making statements such as If I knew that I was going to get canned, I should have just had my way with you. He half-heartedly joked about getting a hotel room just for me, and, well, that was that. A few days later, he FaceTimed me, and once again came off as simply wanting to catch up as he was sick. Midway through our seemingly normal conversation, he makes it apparent that he's been touching himself this entire time. Keep in mind, nothing suggestive was mentioned and our conversation at that point was about his new dog. He's blocked once again, but has tried to follow my social media and now I've started to see him in my area too. Last I knew, he lived nearly 30 to 45 minutes in the opposite direction from me. So, my question for all of you guys is, am I just reading into this or should I genuinely consider this stalking and if so... What should I do? A few years ago, my mother died after a long battle with cancer. In her last few weeks, she was bedridden at home at one point and on heavy pain medication. The whole family took turns to help and spend time with her, and what she told us towards the end gave us all a shock she kept having a a scared reaction to something. She'd jump up and say, oh my goodness, or she'd swear as if something had made her jump. She didn't say anything at first, but then after a week or two, blurted out something one day that gave us all the creeps. I wish he'd stop scaring me. Tell him to go away. She was annoyed at something, or someone to be exact. Confused, we asked her what the problem was and she told us. Apparently, in her last few weeks, she kept seeing her deceased partner walking around the house. He'd walk down the hallway or past her bedroom door or sometimes he'd be sitting in a room and every time that it would happen, she would jump with fright, obviously not expecting to see him there. She was more annoyed than scared, I guess, but... But she'd see him several times a day, just going about his business as if he'd never left. Usually, her reaction would be, for goodness sake, go away. Not because she didn't want to see him, but because it kept making her jump. Our first thought was that it was something to do with the pain medication that she was receiving, but the nurse assured us that it wouldn't cause hallucinations or visions or anything. It absolutely terrified us to know that as well. She went into hospice a few weeks later, and it was then, too, that the visions stopped. Weird, huh? We still don't even talk about it either, because that's how creeped out we all are by it.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take.
1: About six months ago, a group of friends of mine came to my parents' house for my birthday for a few days. This was right after our college semester had just ended. One night, we decided to hang out at the pool in my neighborhood too. I live in a gated community and there's a community pool in there. It was pretty late at night, around 2 or 3 in the morning. Now, over the course of time that we were there, I began to notice shadows moving around in my peripheral vision and at times, the sound of footsteps running behind me. I live in Florida, so I assumed it was just iguanas or some other sort of wildlife that might be around. However, within an hour or so, I continued seeing shadows and hearing strange noises all around me. They would be gone just as quick as I would notice them. Eventually, I mentioned it to one of my friends with me that I was seeing and hearing things and thought I was going crazy. He said... Dude, you aren't crazy because I've been seeing and hearing the same stuff too. I just didn't want to say anything. I asked the rest of my friends and some of them didn't notice anything but others had sworn that they saw shadows moving in the distance. All of us described the same sort of eerie feeling as well. Like as if we weren't the only ones there. But we were. It was late at night and we had been there alone for hours at this point. Then one of my friends spoke up and he had told me that he talked to my dad earlier and that my dad had recently found out that our neighborhood was built on an ancient Native American burial ground. My parents, they had moved to this neighborhood while I'd been in college so this was news to me. Also, I'm personally not religious at all and I don't really believe in paranormal activity or anything. I've never believed in ghosts and certainly never thought I'd seen a spirit or anything. But now, I could have sworn that I was seeing things. Sure enough, too, I looked up the history of my neighborhood location and hundreds of human remains were found in a sacred burial mound on the land. It was discovered in the early 1900s, just thought to be a mound of sand. After remains were discovered, the land was bought by an archaeological enthusiast who eventually turned the mound. ...into some sort of amusement park where people could walk through a tunnel and view the remains of Native Americans from like 800 years ago. There were even tigers and lions on the land too, with dozens of exotic animals that were attractions in the amusement park. Eventually though, this park fell out and in the 80s, it was expected to be purchased by the county as a, a historical preservation or whatever... However, it was bought out by the current owners of my gated community that exists today. That there are dozens of condos and houses built all over the land, and the actual mound is still there today, covered with grass and trees. And to this day, I still get the same eerie feeling when I pass by that mound in my neighborhood. Because I always thought that it was just a a man-made hill or a decoration or whatever. But it's not. And guess where it sits, yeah, right next to the pool. At 4am tonight, we got back from our walk. We live in Poland, pretty much on the Czech border, and usually take a late walk. Around 2am we took our off-road vehicle into a nearby forest that we've been in many times, We parked the car and walked across a bridge to a spot that we visited in the daytime. I should also mention that there's two separate sides of this forest. We walked deeper into the woods. Surrounding us are mounds which I think are old war trenches based on the area's history and items that we found there before. The ground is full of dead leaves so you could hear any movement especially this night because the woods were completely silent. All of the grassy plants or shrubs on the ground around us looked like they'd been recently crushed, not cut down, and all facing the same direction, which was a little bit weird. It was honestly like a a herd of buffalo came from on top of the mounds and just ran down and trampled them all. I assume deer did this, but as we were walking closer to the mounds to venture upwards, all of a sudden we hear this heavy thud on the ground, Like a a weight, maybe 60 kilos, landed approximately 5 meters away from us, closer to the mounds. We didn't see anything or hear any other movement, which was strange. So, we decide that this is the time to leave. The bridge is about 20 meters away. I'm trying to move quickly. My partner is clapping and shouting in case it's a wild boar. When we get to the bridge, we're still on the same side before crossing back to the vehicle. We both stop and shine our flashlights at the forest to see if there's something there. We don't see or hear anything. But about 30 seconds later, we begin to cross the bridge, still with our flashlights pointed at the forest. But now, in a bush about 3 meters away, are two sets of round yellow eyes staring at us. The first set of eyes is maybe... I don't know, like one and a half to two meters from the ground. And the other set is about one meter from the ground. Even though we had just shined our flashlights in that exact spot and were still an earshot of this bush, we didn't hear anything moving there. You can't even take one step there without the leaves going crunch though, so that was definitely strange. But the only thing that we actually heard was the sound of the initial thud, so... How did this thing move so quickly towards us without making any noise? We walked the rest of the bridge backwards while shining lights at this bush. The whole time these eyes were watching us as well. We then jumped into the vehicle and we got the heck out of there. Luckily it didn't follow us and whatever this was stopped, stared and just stayed behind the bushes on the other side of the bridge. I can't tell if it was after us or if it was making sure that we left its side of the bridge or something. Initially, I thought that it was a wild boar, but I've seen them many times in my life, even at night, and these eyes didn't look the same. Plus, there was the actual size of the thing, whatever it was, it was huge. I really don't know how else to explain this, and there's just no other large creatures like that in this area, We will go back tomorrow in the daytime to see if there's any animal prints near that bush, but in the meantime, do you guys have any ideas as to what this could be? This incident took place in the summer of 2023. Last year, I transferred with my company to take a new position in a major Midwestern city. My spouse was still working and living back in California for the next few months. So I rented a studio apartment for myself in a newly renovated apartment building in a popular downtown neighborhood until we could look for a place together. The apartment was small, but it was nice. It was in a secure building with interior hallways and a nice downstairs lobby. I was one of the first tenants to move into this newly renovated building, and other new residences soon started moving in too. A major advantage of this move was that I'd only be a couple of hours drive from my hometown and my parents as well. I started my new job and everything was going great. I was enjoying my new neighborhood, and the neighbors in the apartment building generally kept to themselves, like I did. Then, a new guy moved in across the hall, and everything changed. David was a single man in his 60s, and was very different from the college students and young professionals who lived in our building. I started noticing his erratic behavior almost immediately. I would come home from work, and... He would be sitting in his car in a small parking lot, just sort of staring off in the distance. We were having issues that summer with smoke clouds coming over from the vast Canadian wildfires. They were leaving a light dusting of ash on our cars, similar to pollen. David, though, was convinced that someone was spraying this dust on his car and was accusing various tenants that he would run into in the parking lot. He would hoard trash in his apartment and leave trash bags in the hallway, causing a foul odor. He would also be yelling to himself in the hallway. I finally had enough, and I complained to the leasing office. The manager was quick to dismiss my concerns, saying that she'd been in this apartment, and everything was apparently fine. In August, though, my parents' 50th anniversary was coming up, and I was excited to go home and spend a weekend with them. A few days before their anniversary... My boss informed me that he would be flying into work on an important project with me that would have us working throughout the weekend. I was really disappointed and I felt like I was letting my parents down but I managed to get away for a quick overnight trip in the middle of the week to see them and get back before my boss was due to arrive. I drove down and I spent the night with them and the next morning I checked my email as I was getting ready to head back there was an email from my apartment manager in regard to the incident the night before. The email was very vague but it stated that a resident was dead and there would be further details coming later. My heart sank and I immediately went pale. My mind instinctively went to my strange neighbor, David. I opened up a local news app for my city and The top story was an active shooter in my apartment building who was killed during a SWAT team standoff the night before. Apparently, David approached my next-door neighbor in the hallway with a gun and threatened to shoot him. The neighbor ran into his apartment and called 911. David also called 911 and told the dispatcher that his neighbors were hacking his phone and if the police didn't come, he was going to start shooting people. The police came and tried to talk to David, but... He had barricaded himself in his apartment and claimed to be heavily armed. The state police and the SWAT team soon arrived and David began firing a rifle out of his window at anyone that he saw in the parking lot below. All of the neighbors on my floor were trapped in their apartments with no way of escape. They had to get down and barricade themselves from the gunfire. There was another building across the street with a direct line of sight into our apartment building. A police sniper took position in the building across the street and shot David through his window. When they flew a drone into his open window and confirmed that he was dead with a gun still in his hand, they went in. Luckily, nobody else was injured. I got home later that day to a bullet-riddled apartment building, and several neighbors who normally didn't speak to each other were hugging and crying and showing each other videos of the incident from their hiding places. I've never been so lucky to have been out of town. If my boss hadn't have messed up my plans, I would have been home that night and who knows what would have happened. I'm sorry David didn't get the mental health attention that he needed, honestly, but he put so many lives in danger and I'm just really glad that I wasn't there. I grew up in a small southern Californian town, known for its orange groves from days gone by. All those groves have been replaced by housing developments and also shopping centers now, but there were still quite a few around when I was growing up in the late 90s. My friend Johnny and I used to get into all kinds of trouble back then. We were just general miscreants, I guess, but there was one time that I truly believed that we almost became victims of a child predator. If anyone listening to this also grew up in the 90s, then you know that it was a different era. We'd be out all times of the day, and our parents would have no idea where we were. There were lots of kidnappings back then too, and I can remember multiple times that I was offered candy or asked by some creep to help him find his cat. I always said that I'd go and check with my mom, and by the time that she'd get outside ready to whoop some butt, they'd always be gone. Anyway... But Johnny and I were up to no good one day after school like always. We were traipsing around this orange grove that bordered his street. We started pulling these little metal dam things off of the irrigation channels and tossing them wantonly. All of a sudden though we heard a sharp whistle and both looked up to see this man about maybe 25 feet away from us wagging his finger and going uh-uh. ah. Uh, uh. But his reaction was not at all proportional to the property damage that we were causing he clearly didn't own or work in the grove because instead of screaming at us to stop he had a grin from ear to ear and i can still see his face in my mind all these years later and it gives me chills johnny and i stood there for a second watching this guy then we looked at each other and johnny looked back toward the guy and shouted run i look over and the guy is in an all-out sprint toward us now Despite the physical exertion that he was putting into his sprint, the grin was still on his face. Johnny and I ran harder and faster than we ever had before. We made it out of the grove and back to his house before noticing that the guy wasn't behind us anymore. We quickly forgot about it because Johnny's family had just gotten a Nintendo 64 and we started playing Mario. I cannot remember if it was the next day or week or what, but... Sometime after this happened, we were both with his mum getting donuts and we saw a wanted poster with a sketch of a man that looked awfully similar to the guy who chased us. He was apparently wanted for trying to kidnap a boy outside of a school. Johnny and I looked at each other and seemingly telepathically agreed to never say a word. I don't know why we never spoke up. Maybe it's because we were at an age where we'd be relentlessly bullied by homophobes because of the mere possibility that we could have been, well, assaulted like that, but we never did speak of it again. As I'm sharing this, I'm considering reaching out to him to see if he remembers and if it aligns with my memory of the incident. There were so many different things that happened in my childhood in the 90s that could have easily ended with me dead. Somehow, I'm still here and I even have my own family now. I trust no one because of incidents like this and these days I always have my head on a swivel. This is a story from what a friend and I saw seven years ago. It was the week of my birthday, November 2nd, 2017. And as I shared a birth date with one of my gamer friends, we decided to have a weekend birthday party that would take place from the 3rd to the 5th. One of my friends had to go to work that Friday and work for a couple of hours before he could come back, but he didn't arrive. I offered to drive him there and back as he was a very good friend, and I didn't want him to miss the first night of TTRPGing. Also since I had reached an age where I wasn't drinking as much as I did in my early 20s it felt like a good time to get together. He worked as a floor cleaner in a chain store in our home state of Michigan that was 20 miles away from my house, so I was fine with just waiting in my car with my book. Now, I work in the criminal justice field and am trained to observe and retain details about notable events. I'm still able to recall critical events from 12 years ago with great detail. Also, my friend was present and confirmed everything that I saw. He may not work in the criminal justice field, but he did go to college focused on it, and he is a great observer, often noticing things that all our friends miss. Anyway, it was two in the morning when we drove to this job. Being the gamers and the sci-fi fantasy fans that we are, our conversations were filled with our geekiness the whole way up. Driving north along this Michigan highway, we didn't see anything other than some white-tailed deer movement, which in the rural area of Michigan is not out of the ordinary and it seemed to be another fall night with a relatively open sky as well. My friend went into work while I read my book with nothing abnormal happening while I sat there. He came out a couple of hours later and we set off back to my place. We had been driving and talking further about various geeky topics until we began driving up this hill. We just seemed to have an awkward silence between us in the middle of our conversation and I specifically remember thinking something was just off as we reached the crest of the hill. At the crest of the hill is a house on the passenger side of the road with a mailbox and a guardrail which leads from the base of the hill up to the driveway because there's a crazy sort of ditch on the other side of the rail. As we're about 50 yards from the driveway, I saw it standing there by the side of the road i could see the brown legs torso and antlers i specifically remember thinking that the deer looked absolutely huge and in the back of my mind thinking that i should find out who owned the property near there that would let me go hunting near the area but as we reached the crest of the hill i realized that this was not a white-tailed deer This thing was standing on two legs with what would have been its front legs hanging at its sides as a human would have their arms. The head was also wrong as it just didn't seem to have a snout and its face was covered by hide with its green glowing eyes facing toward us. Its antlers were sitting at the top of a sort of human shaped skull almost, which is not where they sit on a deer's head. This thing though was absolutely massive standing between 6.5 and and 7 feet tall, and very broad, which I'm gauging off of the scale against my car as I drove by it in comparison to my size. I drove a 2008 Chevy Impala, and I'm 6 foot tall. My abdominals were aligned with the window when I was standing outside, and when we were right next to this thing, I saw its legs at knee level. I managed to keep driving onward without any issue, and my friend and I continued in silence for, well, nearly a mile, when he finally turned to me and said, Did you just... He asked before I cut him off, saying, Yeah. And as he brought it up, I felt a knot forming in my stomach. He continued, You know, that could be a... I cut him off again and said, I really don't want to talk about it, okay? We stopped talking about it and continued for the next 10 miles in silence till we reached my house. We went to bed, even though some of our friends were still up, but I didn't sleep well the rest of the night. It should be said that I grew up in this four-county area, and I've been traveling these roads at all hours of the day and night my entire life, especially the one that we had taken, which I traveled at least twice a week at roughly the same time frame. I have extensive experience with Michigan wildlife, and have acted as the nighttime deer spotter for my family since I was old enough to see over the dash. I've hunted since I was 10 years old and have killed many deer, and as is common in my area, I have been the victim of a car deer accident more than once in my life. If anyone thinks it was a person doing a prank, you could factor that percentage down to pretty much zero. It's near the end of bow hunting season at that time, and no one outside of the towns and cities would dare dress as a deer, much less by a road. I also discussed this with my friend before sharing this, and our descriptions of the events matched. We don't talk about this much, and we really don't see each other often at all anymore. Also, I was used to staying up till dawn, so it wasn't me being tired or anything. But weirdly, though, Why did it seem we had entered a sort of trance like that? I've seen blood spurting out of someone's open neck, and I've not missed a beat as I applied pressure waiting for an ambulance, so why did this bother me so much? What was it? A wendigo? A skinwalker? A not-deer? Or something else? The questions still haunt me, along with the anxiety that I feel every time I walk into the woods... I haven't seen anything like this since then, and really, I hope that I never do. G'day mates, it's Beebuster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family, and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need.